Good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and glad in it. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I don't know about you, but I think that means that church, we're invited not to be quiet in church, but we can actually make some noise in church. It's actually all right to get loud in church. And if you got a gratefulness in your heart and a thankfulness in your spirit, you ought to tell him, thank you for another day's journey. Anybody glad to be here this morning? Anybody thankful to be in the house of prayer? Hallelujah! We bless you this morning, God. Welcome to our online friends. We thank you for this morning. Listen, this morning is Pentecost Sunday. That is the Sunday that the Holy Spirit made its full presence known in the early church. And I'm convinced that if we invite him in, he will come in even right now. Can we pray for just a moment? And Father God, we thank you for this day. We ask that you come into this place. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Have your way, O oh God. Let there be no hindrance in our hallelujahs, no, no problems with our praise. But Lord, we pray that everything we do will glorify you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, Pat. Come on, put your hands together in here. Lord, prepare our hearts and minds this morning. Here we go. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we come this morning, Lord, as humble as we know how. Lord, I come this morning, Lord, with a had not spirit. Lord, just realizing as I lay down last night, Lord, that had it not been for you, Lord, we wouldn't have rose this morning. But not only that, Lord, as we sit down at our breakfast tables, Lord, Lord, we realize had it not been for you, we wouldn't have had food on our table. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine as well as the rain. But Lord, we realize had it not been for you, Lord, we wouldn't have had a shelter over our head, nor clothes on our backs or shoes on our feet. And Lord, as we made our way out to the house of prayer this morning, Lord, we realize, Lord, had it not been for you, we wouldn't have had cars to ride in. But Lord, we still in need of your blessings. Lord, we pray for those who are sick this morning, Lord, those who are shut in. Lord, we pray for the bereaved families this morning, Lord. We just ask you to just bless them, Lord. Lord, let them know that you'll be a mother for the motherless and a father for the fatherless. Lord, we just pray for your spirit this morning, Lord. Lord, even if you don't stay long, just come in the building. Lord, we pray for the God man that he bring to preach word this morning, Lord. That it may touch someone's heart this morning, Lord, that may not know you. Let them know, Lord, that no matter where they are, Lord, that you're able. You're able to save, Lord. For you did it for me, Lord. Lord, one day when I didn't have a God on my side, Lord. Lord, you thought I was worth saving, Lord, so you came into my life. Lord, you thought I was worth keeping, Lord, so you cleaned me up inside. Not only that, Lord, you went on a cross, rugged cross and died, Lord just for me. Lord, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just ask your blessing, Lord, upon this service. These are the blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name, in Mary's baby's name, and the God of all, Lord, we ask in your blessings. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. As we continue in worship, ushers, which we let our worshipers in, God bless you. He is beautiful. The Lord is beautiful. And we're going to worship him right now in the spirit of beauty, in the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. He's amazing. Amen. 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 Come on, prepare your hearts to worship him now. Let's go in. Let's go in. Let's worship him with our everything, with our hearts, with our minds, with our soul, with our spirit. Forget about yourself. Concentrate on him. And let's worship him now. Pat, praise team. Take us into worship. Prepare your hearts for worship and your mind for praises.
his name. It's beautiful how God loves us. It's beautiful how God forgives us. It's beautiful how the Lord gives us chance after chance after chance again. Anybody know it's just beautiful? It's a beautiful thing to have a father who loves you in spite of yourself. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be able to come back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. And, and God said, that's all right. Come on back, child. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What a beautiful love it is. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Won't you stand to your feet and let us, let us engage this morning in just a moment of the word as we read responsibly this morning. Our responsive reading, as indicated, this is Pentecost Sunday, and we invite you to share in the reading of the scripture responsibly now. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them altogether. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Won't you remain standing, Minister Music? Won't you lead us in the congregational hymn? There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Amen. Let us sing together. There's, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this, and I know.
because VBS 2019 starts here at Cade on tomorrow, June the 10th, and runs through June the 13th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. each night. We look forward to seeing all children and adults coming out for VBS 2019. Our annual Men's Day celebration will take place today during the 11 o'clock worship service.
A celebration is coming to Cade in July. Stay tuned for more information. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the Cade Chapel family, just send an email to Announcements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the Cade Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. Let the church say amen. Listen, it's Vacation Bible School time. Amen. We want to make sure you get registered for Vacation Bible School, which begins on tomorrow. So make sure you take time to go uh, either to the K Chapel app or to the Facebook page, which will direct you uh, to the registration link. Make sure your children and, and your adults are registered as well uh, so that staff uh, can prepare for the exact numbers. Uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful curriculum in place, and uh, teachers are excited. Uh, the administrators are excited, and we want you to be excited. So go online today and make sure you get registered for Vacation Bible School. Amen? Amen. Also, the Carlisle and Simmons families are requesting prayers uh, on this morning, so let's be sure that we lift up the Carlisle and Simmons family. Also, uh, let's be sure that we lift up uh, the Jones and the Thickpin families as well, uh, who recently had uh, bereavement in their families. Let's continue to pray uh, with and for them. Amen? Amen. God is a good God, and he is a healing God, and we know that in, in and all things that God's grace and mercy will be made manifest. Our, pray, our prayer, prayers and blessings are upon all who suffer and are sick and are bereaved. We want to take just a moment this morning uh, and allow Brian Grizel, who's a candidate uh, seeking office. Brian, are you here this morning? Amen. Come on. Two minutes uh, to introduce yourself to Kate Chapel. Amen. Maybe a lot of us don't know, so you really have to introduce yourself to us. Amen. Brian Grizel, uh, who's, who's running for an office, he's going to tell us more about himself in two minutes. Amen. Yes, I will, I will do my best to be obedient. Amen. We're going to help you. Good morning, Kate Chapel. <laughs> if I may, though, the last time I was here, you, you preached about taking off ramps, and I'm happy to announce that I've been taking my off ramps, especially in this political season. But good morning, Kate Chapel. My name is Brian Grizel, and I'm running for Hines County Justice Court Judge, District 2. I'm a lifelong resident of Hines County. I'm an educator. I'm also a civil service commissioner, which is where my judicial experience comes from. I am the most qualified person in this race. I am the most educated person in this race. I've received the most training. I have a PhD in management and EDD in higher education. I work with a lot of young people. In fact, um, I'm the coach and sponsor of the only all-black championship mock trial team in this area. My colleagues and I also pulled together our resources last semester and gave away over $250,000 in scholarships. Excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you. And also, one of my mock trial students just graduated from the federal court watch program under the Honorable Winston um, Wink, I mean, I'm sorry, Wingate, Judge Wingate. And uh, that was a very tedious program. She got to visit a lot of the prisons, and we're going to expand that countywide. I have the temperament for this position. I am the youngest son of Gloria Grizel and Marvin Grizel. My father was a police officer who served as this community for his entire career at Precinct 3. I am, again, the most prepared, and I ask you for your vote on August 6th. 2019, vote Grizel, G-R-I-Z-Z-E-L-L. -L. Thank you. You got to get a lot in in a little time. 
Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, it's time to recognize our visitors, all those who are visiting with us. If you're not a member of K Chapel, and if this is your first time visiting with us, we want you to stand and recognize you now. All of our visitors, won't you stand and let us give you a great big K Chapel welcome. Won't you stand now? Visitors, let us see you. Let us see you. Amen. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. Amen. I told you, I told you, you take the pressure off. Amen. Amen. God bless. Good to have, amen. There's another back there. God bless you. Listen, we're glad that you're here, excited that you came. Whenever your schedule's allowed, we want you to come back and visit with us right here at Cade Chapel. We're going to give you something else you can only get here at Cade Chapel. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor?
Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. During our 8 o'clock service, we take one offering. That is the one offering, uh, the tithes and offerings period, and we invite each of you to prepare now your gifts as we prepare to give. Listen, somebody asked the question, why do I give? Why is giving a part of worship? Here at K-Chapel, we believe giving happens for three reasons. Number one, we give because we, we do it in obedience to God's command. God asked us to give, to set aside 10% regularly. For the, for the support of ministry. And so we give in obedience to God's word. But secondly, we give out of a thankful heart. We're thankful that God has given so much to us that we're able to give. But then thirdly, we give because we believe that we see God's mission work done through us and we're taking part in kingdom work through our giving. And so we give excitingly, we give cheerfully, we give with a joyful heart because God has been good to us. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And so we invite you now to give. Also, all of our online uh, worshipers, you should see a number online right now where you can uh, text to give as well. We invite each of you, if you're worshiping us, with us in-house or online, this is time for you to give. Our ushers are coming now for the tithes and offerings.
Father, we come to you this morning with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Father, we thank you for this offering. We give back to you out of our abundance, O oh Lord, for the support of this ministry. Father, we ask that you would accept this offering in the name of thy son, Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. fight for me. He'll, he'll fight for me. If I need him to rock me to sleep, he, he knows how to rock me to sleep. If, if I need him to be bread, he'll be bread in a starving land. Moses asked him one day, who, who shall I tell him? Sent me. And God said, just tell him I am what I am. I will be what I need to be. Anybody ever needed him to be something you needed him to be a lawyer. You needed him to be a doctor. You needed him to be your friend. You, you needed him to walk with you needed him to talk with you needed. You, I needed him. Whatever I needed him to be, he has been. My everything. My God, my God, my God, my God. That's a good singing, Mel Cole. I'm going to get out the way and let y'all do it again. Amen. After that, we're going to hear the word, but we're going to hear from y'all one more time. God bless you.
free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am free. And those whom the Son make free. Amen. I see I got some Bible readers in here. Are free indeed. Join me in this affirmation, if you will. I'm about to hear God's holy word concerning my life. My mind is focused. My ears are open. My heart is ready. My soul is thirsty. Do me a favor. Take this finger right here and point it right at me and say, now preach, preacher. I'm going to do the best I can. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. These words are recorded. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, as you and your Son in spirit are one, please allow now your servant, your word, and your wisdom to become one, that we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, and the lordship of your Son. I trust you now for preaching, so guide my mouth and my mind for just a few moments. That I may be able to think your thoughts clearly and articulate your words. Touch, strengthen, and save in accordance to you, with your will. For us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. I want to talk this morning from the subject, the meaning of Pentecost. The meaning of Pentecost. When you hear the word Pentecost, most Christians tend to think Pentecost in one or two ways. Most times we're associated with the Pentecostal denomination. So when folk hear Pentecost, they automatically think of tongue-talking, charismatic uh, gifts. Or, or we think of Pentecost as the day when the Holy Spirit came, signifying the birth of the church age. But rarely, rarely do we associate Pentecost with its original Old Testament beginnings. But we should because Pentecost did not begin in the book of Acts. That's why the first verse reads, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The writer Luke is acknowledging the fact that Pentecost has a long history that goes back as far as the beginnings of the nation of Israel itself. According to Jewish tradition, Pentecost commemorates God giving the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai 50 days after their exodus from Egypt. You recall that on Passover, the Jews had a meal of bitter herbs and roasted lamb in preparation for their release from Egyptian bondage. Passover was celebrated in memorial of the death angel seeing the lamb's blood upon the doorpost of the children of Israel and passing over their day of Passover. And so, and so Pentecost, 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 though we see it making, making the fullness of Pentecost in its arrival of the Holy Spirit on in the book of Acts, it really has Old Testament roots. Yeah. Reaches as far back as Moses, 
but its New Testament significance is felt today for today's believer. I just want to lift up for you three quick points of significance surrounding Pentecost and the New Testament Christian as provided by Luke's account here in the book of Acts. The first thing we should remember is that, number one, Pentecost highlights the necessity of the church. Pentecost highlights the necessity of the church. Watch the scene that Luke paints. He says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Interesting note here is that when the Holy Spirit comes in his fullness on the day of Pentecost, he comes not to an individual, but to a community of believers. Yeah, he comes to a community of people. He comes where a group is gathered. He comes where like-minded people are in relationship with each other and are acting together in obedience to the command of Jesus Christ. Because remember, the reason that they are gathered together in one place is because Jesus has given them instructions to do so. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, and being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Jesus then has previously commanded them, don't separate, stay together. Don't go your different ways, stay together, stick together, wait together, work together, and in so doing, experience the wondrous workings of the Holy Spirit together. So in Acts 2, they are obeying the commands of Christ together as a community of faith. And in their obedience to the command to stay together, the Holy Spirit comes. In their obedience to stay together, the Holy Spirit comes. In their obedience to stay together, the Holy Spirit comes. It's in the text, y'all. Read it again. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What jumps out at me, Uh, Marino is in this text is the allness and the eachness of this text. Watch this. They were all in one accord. There came a sound from heaven that filled all the house where they were. There appeared cloven tongues like a fire that sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. May I suggest to you, may I suggest to you that Pentecost is about empowering each of us so that all of us can do what none of us can do by ourselves. Did you hear what I said? Pentecost is about empowering each of us so that all of us can do together what no one of us can do by ourselves. It is in the experience of all of the believers being together that the Holy Spirit feels each of them so that they can then collectively do what none of them could do individually. Individually, there was no way that they could preach the gospel to all the people who were there in Jerusalem who came from different languages and different tribes. But together, the Holy Spirit fills each of them to do collectively what none of them could do individually. And I would suggest to you today that it is not by coincidence It is not by chance, it is not by happenstance that the Holy Ghost makes his grand entrance with a community of believers. But he does this on purpose. 
because it is through people working together and worshiping together and giving themselves to each other and to the will of God that the mission of God is then accomplished. And to such gatherings, God grants his spirit. Upon such groups who are given to the cause of Christ and who are willing to give themselves to each other, God gives his Holy Spirit. Yes, he fills us individually, but he also empowers the corporate body of Christ to do together what we cannot do by ourselves. And I think, I think we need to be reminded that the church is still a necessity today. Oh, I hear the trends and I see the reports of how many are doing away with the church with the idea of church, churches around the world are dying and on life support as a new generation of believers are deciding that being in church and being associated and formally affiliated with the church is too much of an inconvenience, too much of a hassle and too restrictive because it requires too much of my personal lifetime and sacrifice in one place at one predetermined, pre-scheduled time. And so more and more young believers are doing away with the idea of membership and opting out rather for individual discipleship it's discipleship on their own terms discipleship in their own company discipleship in their own spaces and at their own paces in other words in other words I don't have to be a part of a local church in Jackson when I can get online and go to Atlanta and worship in Dallas and still be in my pajamas Y'all ain't talking to me in here. It's more convenient. I can drink coffee, have my slippers on, and do church. I don't have to come here with the preacher saying on Ridgeway Street at 8 o'clock or 11 o'clock when I can watch the whole sermon series. On Tuesday. And we have to be careful that technology does not become tricknology. Because tricknology can fool you into believing that watching the screen is as edifying as fellowshipping with the saints. I can't get no help right here. Tricknology can fool you into believing that you can do church all by yourself and avoid the hassle sometimes associated with assembling with the saints. Tricknology can make you believe that you can do everything you need to do with a screen and a keyboard and still receive everything that God has for you. But there are some things that can only happen in the church. You're not going to like this preaching. You're not going to like this preaching. There, there are some moments that can only be felt together in the church. There are some experiences that can happen only when your spirit is connected to my spirit and my spirit is in tune with his spirit and his spirit is in line with her spirit. And in that moment of one accord, in that sacred space of eachness and allness, God's presence is manifested. And while we thank God for the technology to get the word out, don't let technology become tricknology that causes your discipleship to stagnate and suffer. I'm talking to you online. I'm talking to you. Don't, don't, don't let technology become tricknology to keep you in bed too long. 
Come closer. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. If you're in Jackson and can get here, don't stay online when you can get in the house. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. Come on, give me some thumbs up on social media now. Don't, don't just stay online with your keyboard when you can shake hands with folk right here. Mm. Unfortunately, the on-demand discipleship culture of today has helped to create a generation of believers who just are not into long-term commitments. Long-term commitments are becoming a thing of the past. This is the generation of what's called the gig economy, whereby the workforce is changing from 30-year commitments with a company and then retiring to short-term jobs here and temporary contracts there and, and picking up work as I go, changing as the needs around me change. And unfortunately, that mentality is shaping the way people are living out their discipleship in short-term spurts in the church. A little bit here, a little bit there, never all in at one time. And listen, the church suffers when it consists of only short-term commitments. Mm. Yes, listen. Okay, okay, listen. Thank God for volunteers who answer the call when the call goes out. Got vacation Bible school coming up. Thank God. That, that some of you said, I want to be a teacher and I want to volunteer. I want to carve out time and thank God for that. We couldn't do Vacation Bible School without those short-term commitments. But the church can't run on a bunch of short-term commitments. Wish I had a witness in here. For the church to really live out its purpose and mission to Christ, it must have disciples who are willing to make long-term commitments, long-term investments. Disciples who are willing to answer their calling to serve, to get involved, and help give shape to our ministry footprint. Disciples who understand that the only way things will change and get better in our church, in our community, and in our city is when we stop waiting for it to happen and get off of the sidelines and start making the changes that we want to see. Because there are things that we cannot do by ourselves. The problem is too big for any one of us to tackle along. It's too deep for one of us to manage along. That's why he gives to us each other so that we can do together what none of us can do by ourselves. So don't tell me you can do without the church. This is the place where disciples connect to each other and the causes of the kingdom. This is the place where we conform to the word of God and cooperate in serving our Lord. And just because, hear me, just because, listen up, just because, pay attention, just because somebody got on your nerves. There's no reason for you to stay away from the church. Just because, just because you didn't like the way something went down, just because somebody hurt you once in the church does not give you the reason and the right to stay away from the church. That's why I don't go to the church now. The devil is a lie. There's a lot of places you go to now where you've been hurt before. They got on your nerves at work. You showed up Monday morning. Negro broke up with you in the club. You still went Friday night. 
Can't get no help in here. Yes, the church is not a perfect place. We don't get everything or do everything right. There are instances when the church fails to live up to its witness. There are people in the church who will get on your nerves. Yes, there are people who are hypocrites. Yes, there are judgmental people. And they're all here in the church. Yes, we miss the mark. And yet, admitting to all of our faults and shortcomings, I can still say that there is no other institution as people-reaching, as life-changing, as soul-saving, as is the church. You can talk about it, you can criticize it, you can say what you will, but the church is still God's chosen people. And among his chosen people is where God chooses to manifest his presence. Second thing, second thing. So, so first thing I said to you is that church, the church, Pentecost, 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 I said to you, is the place for, of making relevant the church. It highlights the necessity of the church. But then secondly, Pentecost underscores the reality of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost underscores the reality of the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hmm. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, he didn't tiptoe in. He didn't quietly come in and just take a seat. But he made his presence and his power known. First of all, Luke says he came in with a sound. You could hear his presence. Mm. It was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. You could hear. His presence. It filled the house where they were sitting. And it didn't matter where you were sitting in the house. You could hear. There were no dead spots. You could hear. There were no cold rolls. You could hear. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. There were no sections that were left out. You could hear his presence. It was audible. You could hear it. And listen, all I'm suggesting to you is that when people are filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to be able to hear him in them. Mm, you missed it. You thought I was going somewhere else. You, when, 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 when the Holy Spirit is inside of folk, you ought to be able to hear him. If we are filled with the Holy Ghost, there ought to be some audible sound that testifies of his presence. And I'll tell you what it sounds like. The sound of the Holy Spirit in people sounds like life. You say, wait a minute, how, where do you get life from? It's in the scripture. The, the scripture says that the Holy Ghost came in the sound of a mighty rushing wind. The Greek word for wind is pneuma, P-N-E-U-E-M-A. Pneuma is the word that also connotes breath. Pneuma, pneuma from which we get pneumonia, the disease of the lung. Breath, pneuma, pneuma represents breath. It also says that in the scripture that when Jesus is hanging on the cross that he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. Pneuma is used there to say he gave up his last breath. Numa connotes then life. Yeah. 
And when the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of the believer, there ought to be the sound of life coming out of us. In other words, when Christians come around, there should be a positive sound. There, there should be an optimistic sound. There should be a hopeful sound. There should be an enthusiastic sound. A sound of life. A sound that says in the spite of dead situations with God, all things are possible. That, that's what life sounds like. A sound that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the sound of life. A sound that says, if I've got faith the size of a mustard seed, I can say to this mountain, be moved from this place. That's the sound of life. A sound that says, all things are possible to him that believes. That's the sound of life. And people of faith can look at dead situations and speak the sound of life to them. Too often, people of faith are speaking the sounds of death, the sounds of pessimism, the sounds of obstructionism, the sounds of faithlessness, the sounds of fear. And we don't sound like people of faith. We talk in terms of doubt. We talk like things are too big for us and God to do together. We talk like opportunities are too grand for us to accomplish. We talk like situations are beyond our influence. But if the Holy Ghost is inside of you, you ought to sound like it. You ought to sound like there's nothing too hard for your God. You ought to sound like your God can do anything but fail. You ought to sound like God can do whatever he wants to do. Quit talking people's dreams down. Quit killing their spirits with negative talk. Can't find anything positive to say. Can't point to anything hopeful. Can always tell them reasons why something won't happen. Quit talking negative and start speaking life. Sound like you got some spirit in you that can see beyond what is and believe what beyond could be. There was the sound of a rushing wind. You ought to speak life to dead situations. You're a believer. You ought to speak life to hopeless conditions. You ought to speak life to helpless issues. Speak life. But not only, not only y'all, not only was there a sound deacon, but there was also a sign. Not only was there a sound, but there was a sign. For the text says that cloven tongues of fire sat upon each of them. First there was the sound, but then there was the sign. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to hear me, but I'm also going to let you see me. And everyone who's going to be filled with my power, he says, I'm going to give them the sign of this tongue of fire sitting upon them. There was the visible evidence of his presence. They were pointed out as having been touched by the spirit of God. And listen, listen, hear me well, hear me well. When you've been touched and filled by the spirit of God, there ought to be some visible sign. Folks shouldn't have to wonder if you got the Holy Ghost. Ought to be some visible sign. Folks should not have to wonder if, if you've been 
filled with his presence. There ought to be some visible sign. What are the visible signs? Paul tells us in Galatians 5, he says, well, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. If you've got the Holy Ghost, the visible sign and proof of his, president, of his presence is right here. There ought to be love in your heart. And here's what I've noticed, y'all. Here's what I've noticed. Too many believers in the body of Christ are after the sound when they should be demonstrating the sign. Too many of us practice sounding holy rather than living. I wish y'all would talk to me in this place. They, they, they practice sounding holy but have no sign of holiness in their daily living. Preachers work on the sound of their sermon. But there's no sign that we've been in the presence of God. Mm. No need of you focusing on getting the sound right. I know preachers will work day and night on their hoop. Pull it down. And they're working on the sound of the sermon and living raggedy lives. Where is the sign of the sermon that you preach? No need of you focusing on trying to get the sound if you cannot show the sign. Paul said it like this. I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. That's the sound. He said, but if I don't have love, that's the sign. He said, if I don't have love, I'm just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. In other words, I'm a sound without any sign. And a sound without any sign is just a sham. You sound like you say, but you live like you hadn't been changed. You sing till the rafters rejoice. That's the sound. But where is your ability to be reconciled with your brother and your sister? That's the sign. You can sing folk happy, but ain't no joy in your life. You got the sound without any sign. Thirdly, I'm through. Thirdly, I'm through. Here it is. Pentecost. Pentecost highlights the centrality of Christ. P Pentecost, hear me. Th this, this is, I'm through. Pentecost highlights the centrality of Christ. I, I like this. I like this. I like this power because, because the scripture says that the Holy Ghost gave this group of believers, over 120 folk, the ability to speak the wonderful things of God in many different languages. And in fact, people who had come to celebrate Passover from all different parts of the world heard their native tongue, their own language, they heard the wonderful works of the Lord. They come from everywhere to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem, they heard their native homeland tongue being spoken. It's, it's kind of like, like when, 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 when Lucretia and I went to L.A. last couple of months ago, and, 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 you know, everybody, you know, we were going around, and, and, and I heard somebody say, y'all. 
and, 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 and right away I didn't have to ask where they were from. Their tongue betrayed them. And, and even though they were in high fashion when they said, y'all, Amen. And, and you hear, they, these people heard their own language even though they were in a far away place. It's like, it's like, it's like last Sunday at 11 o'clock service. It was youth Sunday, y'all, for y'all who didn't make it. Last Sunday at 11 o'clock was youth service. And one of the songs that the youth choir did was a rap song. Yeah, I know. Go back and look at it. It's on, it's on Facebook. It, it was a rap song. And, and, and I know that the song didn't do anything for some of the people who were sitting there because it was a rap song. And it had a beat. It had a deep bass. Subwoofer rumbling. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I mean, that, it, 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 was, it, was, it was that. And, 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 and I looked at the faces of some, and some were into it, and some were repelled by it. But can I tell you, uh, if you were repelled by it, that that wasn't meant for you? No shade thrown. That, that just wasn't a song in your language. I wish y'all would talk to me in here. That, that was not your language. That was their language, the language of a new generation of believers whose ears have a different frequency from ours. And what excites them about music does not excite us about music. But what I love about it is that while some of us couldn't hear what they were saying because of the bass and because of the beat and because of the sampling, uh, if you could get past all of that and listen to the, what the young man was saying, he said, will you take me as I am? He said, he said in the song, he said, I smell like smoke and, and I'm tatted up with a crucifix on my wrist and I've got all kinds of issues going on in my mind and my life is a mess, but will you take me as I am? Now, you didn't hear that because it wasn't in your language. Your language says the same thing in the hymn that says, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed Oh, shucks for me. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. Your language says, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting and fears within and without. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. But here's the beautiful thing. Whether your language is that of Charlotte Elliott who wrote that hymn in 1835 or that of the rapper Lecrae who wrote the rap, Take Me As I Am in 2004, they were saying the same thing in different languages. And when the church is filled with the Holy Ghost, it will understand that different languages can tell the same good news of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to get bent out of shape because my language is different from your language. That's what Pentecost did. It allowed the good news of Jesus Christ to be preached to everybody so that everybody could hear it. So preachers, let it be clear that we preach Jesus Christ. Whatever we preach in the church and however we teach in the church, Jesus must be at the center of it. From time to time, we have different sermon series that deal with different issues. But don't be confused because at the core of it, what we must preach and what they must hear is Jesus Christ. We preach about marriage, yes, 
But at the core, Christ needs to be the third strand that makes a marriage not easily broken. We can preach about justice, but at the core, the compassion of Christ must be what causes us to visit the prisoner and minister to the widow and fatherless and advocate for the alien or the foreigner. We can preach about finances, but at the core must be the Christ who reminds us that you can build bigger bonds and store more wealth and prosperity, but they won't mean anything if your soul is lost. Preach it, but remind that at the core is Christ. Christ. Peter preached Jesus on that day of Pentecost. Preached to the point that 3,000 souls were saved. Why? Because Jesus was the central figure of the sermon as he is the central figure of the church. Scripture calls him the head of the church. Somebody else said he is the central figure not just of the church but of all humanity. Kings have come. Kings have gone. But Jesus Christ is still the same. Presidents have risen. Presidents have fallen. But Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Armies have been conquered. And nations have been run out of town. But Christ stands still as the central figure of all humanity. I believe that's why the songwriter said, Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there's something. Mm. There's something about that name. The centrality of Christ. He's the heart at the heart of all that we preach. He's at the heart of all that we as a church do. And I pray that he will be the heart of your life. If you have not yet made him the center of your life, I want to invite you to do so this morning, today, right now, wherever you are, that you would open your heart and make him the central figure of your life. Let him be your savior. Let him be your Lord. Let him be your king. For there's something about the name of Jesus. It's a saving name. It's a redeeming name. It's a name that can turn your life completely around. Will you open your heart this morning? Will you say yes to him? The doors of the church are open. If you're here, wherever you are, the doors of the church are open. You can come down by letter, by Christian experience, as a candidate for baptism. And all that means is that you're saying, Lord, I want you to be my king. Because all this other stuff in the world is fleeting. And it goes away. But there's something about the remaining name of Jesus. It, it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus. 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 Won't you open your heart to it? Jesus. As just there's something. Something. About that name. It's a saving name. Won't you call it today? Master. Master. Savior. Savior. His name is Jesus. Like the fragrance. 
I didn't call the names, but they're all coming by Christian experience. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That means that you've all have you have been Master. baptized. 
you have been a member of a church before. This church accepts you as a member. Are you willing to study with us? Are you willing to work with us? Amen. We're going to ask that you go with Sister Butler that we that you all be scheduled. Come on, Cage. Put your hands together. Amen. The Lord adds to the church. It might not be 3,000, but I thank him for three. I wish somebody would bless the Lord in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Kings and kingdoms. Kings and kingdoms. Shall all. Won't you stand? But there's something. But there is something. Something about that. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.